magic comes from pain. Trying to tell you, you are not alone here. You love magic. You it in your soul. Want me to come to Philly with you? Send you epic quest. It's just a promise, motherfucker. This is our last dance. This is ourselves. Under pressure. Under pressure. Hello. Thank you to join us again. Thank you for having me. Honestly, I was like, I'm going to ask again. Maybe he's going to say yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Then we both forgot to answer each other for like a month. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you're busy or something. A little bit. <laughs> so uh, you got the big episode, which is the last one of season three, which yeah. basically broke the fandom in half because... Uh, they possess Elliot at the end, and oh my god! <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I think this is the the the, the episode that's like, okay, the, they're going there. They're going there for. <laughs> yes, yes. It actually uh, propelled the entire season four, I think, and yeah. um, and I rewatched it last night just to prepare for today, and mm -hmm. I thought that um, Hale did an amazing job um, at the end of the. I mean, we'll get there eventually because i'm just yeah. jumping into the end of the episode but um he did a great job incorporating that those last moments in that episode into the entire season four but we'll we'll talk about that i don't yeah. want to yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so do you want to do the 30 second recap do you want to start do you want me to start um why don't you go first and then i'll go okay okay so i'll start Uh, okay, so the gang just have all the keys and they're like, what do we do? So they go uh, in a boat. No, they go to see Calypso. He's like, oh, it's, it's Fillory, but underneath. And then they go there and there's a monster and uh, Elliot decided to kill it, which ended up doing it. And Alice is like super scared of magic. So she destroyed the key and, and Quentin is like, why? And uh, Juliet sacrificed her godhood because she's becoming a goddess. Oh yeah, by the way. Oh yeah, and Fanny's a high king, which is like super important. And oh my God, I, I don't know. <laughs> so much happened. <laughs> yes. All right, ready? Um. Yes. Go. Uh, they're trying to get the magic magic back. They have all the seven keys. Alice destroyed the seven keys because she wants she's scared of magic, like you said. Um. Uh, Fan is the acting acting high king of Fillory and doing the best she can. The fairy queen gives her life for the greater purpose. Uh, the monster wants to play, and then Cora wants to play, then Elliot wants to play at the end. Uh, magic is back, but not without uh, repercussions. Um, and... Yeah, you're way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know I forgot about like the fairy queen and magic. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> <laughs> Two important plot points in the, in the <laughs> season. <laughs> so we're going to talk about corruption today. Yes. I was wondering, do you have a, um, a story you want to tell about corruption? Um, I was trying to think when you gave me the the, the points. I, I mm -hmm. was trying to think of of specific things in my life that I've where I've experienced corruption. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought of a few. I mean, I'm, I'm um, Mexican. And even though I love, you know, my culture and my background and history and the food and the people and everything, we're known for a little bit of a corruption-filled mm -hmm. country. Um, so I didn't think, I mean, I, I didn't want to dive into that. But, for example, I thought of a couple of things that happened uh, within my business back in Mexico. And... Um, I thought of there was one specific time where um, I was living living in Mexico City and then um, just getting used to the whole auditioning in uh, there in that big city. And I had a big audition to, I think, to be a host of some big TV show. And I was in the room. I think it was a callback. And it was in the room with a few of my friends because we 
passed the first round of auditions and it was great. And, you know, we were all sort of starting out in the business and we were waiting and waiting and waiting and nobody would see um, us. We, we don't know why we were waiting for so long. And then all of a sudden this very well-known Mexican TV host and international too, because he does stuff in Miami, mm -hmm. um, walked in and uh, he's like, hey guys, everybody, hey, whatever. And he walked in into the room, audition, and then walked out and we all looked at each other like, well, you know, we don't have this. this Fuck that. <laughs> yes. And lo and behold, he got the job and mm -hmm. he's now the host of that. So it was just a, a mere sort of protocol for everybody to audition, but it's, it was a waste of time for all of us. And, you know, we get our hopes up and, but it's just the way that things are sometimes and um, uh, where corruption seemed like a very um, evident yeah, is it like that also in the U.S.? Because that that those are the kind of story we heard, uh, we hear also about Hollywood a lot. Like they take the big names without looking the smaller names. Right. Um. I think it's less prevalent, and especially nowadays, I find that, and I've seen a big a big change from when I moved here and I started to work in American productions, where you you productions and production companies and directors and everybody is a little bit more open and they're a little bit more open to finding new talent and finding new voices. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of diversity and speaking of um, uh, inclusion, uh, and I think that's amazing and it's way um, uh, more beautiful nowadays than it used to be, not just mm -hmm. say like eight, nine years ago. Uh, so I don't think it happens that um, that much anymore, but it used to happen. And I think that there's also, um, there's a lot of moving pieces in finding the talent, I guess, that if you have someone who's talented, but also has a name and has a reputation or has the background, then, you know, you want to include that person in it, but also yeah. give, give the voices to the people that may not have um, a lot of experience, but they do have the, the raw talent. Yeah. Do you think there is a, because I I looked at the definition is it's a dishonest of Ill, illegal behavior especially by powerful people which I think reflects exactly your experience that happened in, in Mexico. Right. Uh, and we know now that there is this idea of like oh we need diversity so we're gonna have our token black person and our token does it happen to you uh, sometimes that you're called because you you're from um, Mexico. I think yes, it it happens, but not like I said, not not so much anymore. Um, uh, at the beginning, when uh, when I started like um, eight years ago auditioning for American productions, it was very stereotypical, and it was very um, um, okay. I when I went to acting school, I worked a lot, or I worked hard in um, uh, uh, working on my accent. I can put it on, and I can take it off, and you know. Mm -hmm depending on the on the on the role but then eight years ago I would walk into an audition and they would ask me can you do a, like a thicker accent can you do and the, the amount of, yeah and the amount of the amount of um, the kind of characters that I would sometimes go for back in the day would be very stereotypical and um, luckily that has changed immensely not anymore like you have um, a better sense of what the character's background is and it doesn't really matter where they're from um mm -hmm. uh, it just matters what the story they 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 want to tell so yeah it's it's evolved immensely and and it's 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 so so much better now it's funny you make me think of i i i have trans trans friend that are actor in new york and one got refused for a sitcom because uh they were not trans enough Oh really? That was one of the yeah, and we don't know what it means because the person is trans. <laughs> so, what what does that like? What does that even mean? Not to be trans enough? You know what I, I mean? Still don't know. I think because they were passing. Yeah, but at the, but yeah, <laughs> the truth is that they're trans, so they are trans enough. They're more than you know. You know what exactly? I mean? Exactly. So like asking for you to make a thicker accent is just like, hey, can you just re like? Patronize your old identity, yeah. please, for us. You know? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's basically asking, um, or they were asking back in the day for me to fit their stereotype, stereotype of what a Mexican person would be, not mm-hmm. what the real Mexican person would be, because I am 100%, yeah, and, I, and then that's it. Yeah. And I agree that it's less and less like that now, even like yes. people, I look at shows like just um, Arm at Your Mother, that is not long ago, and I cringe at some things they do, I'm like, eee. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I can cut that on the podcast if you want, but I was wondering with Trump, how do you feel about him? <laughs> um, it's a very, um, I feel like it's a peculiar situation because, at least for me, I think, because um, I am Mexican, but mm-hmm. I l- live here and I've been living here in Canada for a long time. And... Um, I sort of see, and I grew up three hours away from the, from the States. Mm-hmm. So I have a, um, a very positive experience with uh, the, the States. And I, I, I understand why they stand for and, and the, the, the beauty that they represent. Um, and to see right now where the country is, it's a little bit um, mm-hmm. disheartening, I think. Um, have you it's not just like, more discrimination sorry? at the border? Um, I've, I find that it's always been sort of like, it's always been very interesting to cross the border as, um, a Mexican person. It has, um, um, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I just think the entire world right now, it's, it's in a bit of a yeah. shitty place. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully it will be it will be better, and I and I choose to believe that it will be better. Oh yeah, I believe that, and I wish that um, next election. My husband is American, so I, mm. I made sure that he was uh, registered for his uh, right election. To vote. Yeah, yeah. Like, go vote. You have this chance that uh, many of us who are discriminated don't have. So please go vote. Yes, exactly, and I think that it doesn't really matter who you vote for it's just no. it, it, vote vote for someone yeah. that you believe in and that you think that it's going to uplift the the values of of your country or your own values yeah yeah ah, that's a bummer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, i'm fascinated by corruption because it's a word that we see a lot but mm-hmm. we never sit to think about it yeah like uh, and like i literally had to google what the, corruption means what the definition is yeah while i was like listening to a podcast about trump's impeachment you were listening to that (laughs) to a podcast yeah like about trump's impeachment and then looking at what corruption is i shouldn't have because i was listening but at the same time i'm like i we use this word over and over while not really knowing and when i saw oh it's dishonest or illegal behavior especially by powerful people i'm like oh yeah yeah we like because sometimes the media don't don't worry their world or world uh, correctly this time they were mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so who do you want to start the, the topic um i think maybe from the beginning of the episode i think that um uh, i particularly like this episode because at the beginning from the get-go you see everybody together and Mm -hmm. now it's a culmination of the entire journey and the quest of finding the seven keys and you know um and when you see everybody together and then uh like you said julia becomes a goddess um uh, this and then she's sort of like taking off of that yeah um to start her own journey but then at the end, kind of like coming back together again, full mm-hmm. circle. I I like the way that that or the pace of this uh, particular episode. Um, it seemed like a very a very good combination of the entire season, and like a team effort came together at the end. Yeah, so like oh, finally, <laughs> right. But what's interesting with Julia and Iris is knowing what we know of Iris because of season four that like mm-hmm. she was not born a god she was she made herself into a god right all our interaction with Julia for me shift 
so bad <laughs> <laughs> because um, it's called, it started with um, Iris telling her like, no, you cannot join the quest. And I'm like, why? Why couldn't like the gods wait right. and let Julia finish her thing? And I think it's part of the corruption of the gods. I don't think the gods in the show are particularly nice mm. or particularly care about like the macro thing. For instance, it's always the bigger thing. Right, right, right. Like we're just ants in the. <laughs> well, I think that 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 happens a lot, maybe, or it speaks to reality where you have a when people have like a big position or a big powerful position, and they um, either forget about the little um, things or forget about the little steps that you need to take in order to uh, fix a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. Um, or just maybe you're drunk with power and, and you, you, yeah, you completely ignore everything else in your life. So I think that maybe that's where they're coming from. Um, I don't know, uh, the gods. Yeah, I think that they're like, they are so far removed and like we even don't know where they are anymore. Right. That they kind of like, kind of like corrupted their compassion towards people. Right. Right. It became like you said, like when you're so high in power, you don't see the person, the janitor, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, there's been several, several times uh, in Mexico or all over the place where people have asked either um, rich people, whether in, they're in the industry, um, entertainment industry or um, position of power, they ask, oh, how much do you think, do you know how much a liter of milk is? And they don't know how to answer or um, because they're so far removed from reality um, mm-hmm. that they just focus on other issues or bigger issues, maybe. Well, bigger for them, but at the end of the day, it's important to know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> how, how much milk is it? Because you drink it. Yeah. Uh, and like, it's funny knowing that like Iris is not a true god. I'm going to put that in quotation mark. Like, she, and she introduced Julia to godhood. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a strange choice. Like, why do the gods put a, a fake god to introduce Julia? And I was like, oh, maybe because, like, Iris can have compassion over, like, Julia's humanity and how it's hard for her. But she has none. She's like, stop that. Right. This is who you are now, and you have to act accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, in in a part, Iris is jealous of Julia. Mm. Because Iris literally literally had to kill an unkillable god. Yeah. And like put her in a rock and have the rock inside her. Yeah. Weird. To become a god. Meanwhile, Julia just got it. Well, she just got it. But like she can see it's like, you didn't do half the thing I did. Right. So like seeing her, her being not as compassionate, I was wondering like, is her anger and jealousy kind of like, blurring her vision of like, I'm going to help Julia. And instead of like telling her everything she shouldn't do and pushing her away to go back to her humanity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. Like, I wonder if Iris is the reason why Julia gave up her. Cause she kept saying like, you shouldn't have your, your, your humanity. Meanwhile, Persephone was like, your humanity is what makes you, you. Right. So yeah, yeah I, I don't like Iris. <laughs> 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 I liked her on season four, uh, <laughs> and when she uh, when Julia says bye to Quentin, for me it's one of the sweetest moments of the season. Yeah, because it comes from like season one of them screaming at each other, right? To this like long felt hug, and it's like it's gonna be okay. Yeah, and um, Quentin said life is unfair, but I'm okay working out for someone that I actually love. Mm-hmm. Like, it's beautiful, but when you think about that, it's like, it's okay, I'm corrupted, because, like, it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not co- it's not corruption, it is for me. <laughs> yeah, if I gain something from it, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't mind corruption, it's, it's worked for me. It's not what he meant, but, like, that's right. how I took it, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's how many people are excusing them being corrupted. Yeah, yeah. If you if you think, I think that's one of the reasons why it exists, or maybe the essence of it too, is 
for for your own benefit mm -hmm. uh it's when it's easier to be corrupted i guess mm -hmm. yeah uh and then we cut to uh finn becoming a high king mm -hmm. and that's the moment i fucking lose my mind <laughs> 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 because like people don't understand how big they look this because Finn is literally the first Filorian with a crown on her head right yeah and like she literally fought for that with the Foo Fighters yes and now she's in a throne and she's like I don't like this what's happening <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I literally scream on Twitter until uh, my cap lock broke uh, but <laughs> Finn is uh, asking to like do king stuff and she apologized because that's Finn and then she see oh I would like to see the accounting um, right and the face you make the mm -hmm. oh shit shows that there is so many much corruption in Fillory like oh no someone that's looking into what we do now <laughs> right like oh um nobody's ever asked me this question before like to see the accounting but okay and if you if you think back at the previous previous episodes um and I think it was season two where you know um abigail and rafe were running this escort business <laughs> yes. you know it's not the the um, to speak of corruption you know it's not yeah it may be so that... many questions about this <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i'll be able to answer them but um, yeah it's um uh, it's probably not the best um uh, or the most honest um honestly run um administrations i guess yeah and we see rafe and uh, and abigail has like the helper of them like they even like help with the the, the bunnies they help say hey there's like a a fairy repellent corridor that you your guests should know about but it's really right. to them for them right and but meantime in the meantime they do that yes so, <laughs> <laughs> but like and we're, we were not be surprised about tick to do that right it's like we f we forget about Rafe and Abigail because they're like pure. <laughs> <laughs> they help and they do not try to kill people. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that, um, and I've spoken about this. I think that they've, uh, or at least Rafe is very loyal and he understands um, his role um, in it and the council. So first and foremost is Fillory and uh, to serve the the kings. Um, but other than that, I mean, if they're running an escort business, well, they're running an escort business. It's just a little side hustle. Who doesn't have a side business? Was it Rafi's idea or Abigail? That's the real question. That um, I could never disclose. <laughs> How do you feel... Uh, Ray felt with like this idea of having once a girl as a king and second now it's Fen that he knew as like the wife of Elliot. Right. Um I played it or I thought that it was a little bit um weird for him. Um okay. just because you know everything has worked uh, to a place where Margot was the high king. Yeah. So, um, and he was very happy about that. And now a fan who's a fellow Valorian, not that he has problems with Valorians, but um, uh, becomes one. I think that in his mind is like, okay, now we're gonna have to um, do the 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 hard work because she doesn't have an idea what to do or how to do it. So, uh, Tick and I, or Tick and Rave, have to do the mm -hmm. the hard work and the heavy lifting for for this. Yeah, they um, trusted more Margot to run the show than Fen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What reason? Uh, what's uh, what's uh, uh, kind of beautiful is uh, Fen disguising herself to become a fairy because a fairy. fairy queen tell her, and uh, like she know, uh, like instead of using a bait, which maybe I think the magician will have done. Yeah. Like Margot will have used a bait. She will not never disguise herself. Right. Fen is the kind of ruler that is like, no, I won't put my my my, my people. And right. she, and the moment she see Aaron, like she's like, bitch, you saw me, so you know I'm 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 a big deal now. And yeah. when she see them like wanting to flee, she's like, I have something for you. 
yeah. knowing like okay they're corrupted they want something from us right then you know like the luring about the uh what you can give me what i can give you yes yeah i i don't think she expected i don't think she had anything to give them to be honest no maybe she was bluffing yeah because like when the fairy queen gave her life fanny's like whoa yeah I think that he uh, she didn't understand or she didn't realize what it was going to be, uh, mm-hmm. what the Fairy Queen was going to offer. Um, but to be perfectly honest, I think that's like the ultimate, it is the ultimate sacrifice for the greater good. Yeah. Um, and I love the way that um, the Fairy Queen said at the end, you know, but I may be dying, but I'm going to die a queen. And oh. uh, yeah. The, the ultimate, like, fuck you, you can yeah, give exactly. to Harry McAllister. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, like, I think that's the moment the Fairy Queen got a redemption from for all the people that I, were still not sure about her. I agree. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of theory about the Fairy in season five, but since at the moment we only saw half the season, I know you cannot say anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I think that the deal, because the deal of the fairy queen at the end is that nobody's going to harm the fairies and uh, like they're going to be safe. And with time, it got corrupted. That's my uh, my, my theory as of now. Uh, but the, 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 the idea that like even the best intention can get, can be corrupted in the hand of someone that wanted mm-hmm. to bad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't think anyone is ever safe from anyone ever. Right. You know, like um, Iris was saying, why do you want to try to help the fairies when you could create a world where they're going to be safe? Yeah. And I think that's like our limitation as a puny humans of not being able to create a fully uh, safe place for yeah. Yeah. The, the fairy who are... Um, I mean, the best example of, of uh, repression we can have in the show, because poor fairies. I know they've they've had such a such a big struggle. Um, uh, yeah, but I think that yeah, like you said, I cannot speak for um, what this season season five mm-hmm. is happening, but this coming Wednesday, um, yeah, it's good. I'm gonna scream at you on Twitter. Is that? It? <laughs> you <might. laughs> But that's the thing. Like, I I got this full like blown uh, idea, and I just said that to someone, and someone said, "You think about the magician way too much." And I'm like, I have a podcast. Of course, I think about the magician <laughs> way too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it's your job to think about yeah. these and, and different theories and stuff. Yeah. And I think like the more you see in a show and the more you're like in it, the more you can see the subtleties that they put. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, I never noticed Rafi's face when fans say like, oh, I want to look into the taxes until right. now. And now I'm like, oh, okay, knowing like Fillory's not the best. Yeah. Okay, I get it now. But before it was just like, okay, it's a funny face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what I had about Fillory. Did you have any more about Fillory? Because about Fillory, no, we don't see it a lot. Um, other than that, and then um, we saw Castle Blackspire, but that's a completely different thing at the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Fillory. I think that's it. Oh well, bye Fillory. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. <laughs> Uh, I wrote the, that, you know, the moment when they talk about Calypso and they say like, oh, maybe we could, and they try to say Ojigia mm-hmm. and they can't. Mm-hmm. They say like, Ojigia and Ojigigi. And Alice is melting like, Ojigia, like a yeah. grammar Nazi that she is. Yeah. And I just wanted to point that out because I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was I, so subtle. Um, I remember, you know, watching it the first time and then last night again, and it was so subtle, like, oh, you stupid people, like, you don't even know how to pronounce it. Yeah, and like as someone that's like, I see sometimes the the character's name wrongly written on fan blogs, and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, at least she's like she's a a quiet grammar Nazi, so I'm okay with that. Right. (laughs) 
But I think Alice's whole um, arc in this episode is how fear corrupted her. Mm. Like, she got so scared of magic that she doesn't think straight. Mm. To a point that, like, she asked Fog to erase her memory. And, like, she's, she said, uh, I'm on a bad path right now and I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And Fog is like, oh, uh, okay, I'm going to erase you. But after that, you're on your own. And for me, it raised this idea of like nurture versus nature. Mm-hmm. Like, what was Fog implying this idea of like, you might still be bad. It's not about like what happened to you is you, maybe you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, no, your trauma or why you got skewed a bit, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, it's a very interesting idea that, you know, what happens if you're unsatisfied or unhappy with what your life has turned out to be. And if you had the the opportunity to completely have a do-over or mm-hmm. start over again, if your um, predisposition or whatever it is that your path is supposed to be, if it is going to bring you back to where you were at that specific moment, or if you do have a chance to completely have a do-over. Yeah, it's yeah. a very interesting... Um, idea yeah i just I, I don't know because at the end of the day alice will be alice 3.0 at this time because now she's 2.0 she's plus magnificent but she will still be with people that have trauma mm. and she will still have magic right which is so i don't think erasing her memory was the good idea right which leads me to is it is Alice erasing her memory gave the idea for erasing everyone's memory at the end? Oh, interesting. Because I don't like after that, we see Fog going to the library and say, like, uh, we have to have a deal. What was that deal? I need to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, and after that, we see when they come, he have the, 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 the same vial that he gave to Alice. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a lot of questions about that. Especially the, the look of betrayal um, Elliot gives to Fog. Yeah. Because uh, Fog always was like the father figure of Elliot in in a way. Yeah. And I think like that's the moment like, okay, even you are betraying me. Hmm. The real question is, when was he possessed? Was it after he got his, his, his my, memory erased? Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Um I don't know when he got possessed and how it happened, I guess. Yeah, that's that's something we no, don't know when the possession happened. We just know that when we see them after it's, it's been a couple of weeks. Yes. Right? I think and so. And Elliot is already Elliot was uh well, the monster was looking for Brian. <laughs> Magic yeah. Brian. Uh, and yeah, so much question. <laughs> so little answer because most of the time is eh. <laughs> when you when you watch yeah when you watched it the first time did you were you completely like mind blown or oh my god yes yeah I mean yeah, it's, like it... I expected them to find each other. So when you say like, oh, show me a magic trick, oh my God, Elliot remembers. Fog right. like, with my hands like, fog, fog protected him. And then he, he, we saw the flash and I was like, nah, <laughs> and I have a year to wait now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very epic sort of uh, cliffhanger following the yeah. epic quest. Yeah. Where did you discover it like when you read the, the script or? Yes. Yeah, and it was confusing at the table read. It was confusing sort of a little bit, but then I was like, oh, okay, you know. Well, did Elle knew before you read it or no? I don't know. I don't know if, if they told him or anything. Um, I'm surprised. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know the actor that played Richard didn't know he would be Reynard. Oh, really? Yeah, basically they told him about Richard. Yeah. And then he read the script and, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm becoming a villain now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm always impressed by McKinsey because he's like, he's richer in his 
Reynard are so different that right. I don't, it's the same face, but I don't see it. Right. It's a completely <laughs> different um, um, background and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like Hill when he's possessed, like there's another demeanor and way to talk and way to walk. and. Yeah. Like when I was saying at the beginning, it was, it was amazing how, because yeah, like you said, you have to, as a viewer, you have to wait until, or from the finale to the beginning mm -hmm. of the season again, and to see last night, to rewatch it and then see how he brought those little moments of the finale into the entire season four was brilliant. And um, yeah, I always said that there, there was some sort of like innocence, um, mm -hmm. if I can say that, to his monster um, that was quite endearing. And I love that monster. <laughs> I know. It was sort of like um, screwed up because you would think like, or at least I think like, oh my God, he... He has this childlike quality, yeah. obviously. And I think it lends itself because would you play with me is what he says. He just wants to play. He just wants to be entertained, I guess. But, you know, kill people yeah. along the way. Yeah, I think he's just a child that never had parents because his parents locked him down. Right. With a jailer. Yeah. You know, as people do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as it happens. Yeah. But that's what I love about The Magician is we, nev we never think that the villain is the villain. Mm. Like we always thought, oh, the villain will be the beast. No, it's Reynard. Oh, the villains are um, the are the fairies. No, it's the library. Right. Like, oh, the villain is the monster. No, the library again. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, um, and I've always said that they're all all the characters are so very well layered that mm -hmm. they're so real that it's just like um, real life that everybody has a little bit of villain or can make a bad decision and then be considered a little bit of a villain, mm -hmm. um, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah, and what's interesting is even like background character, like Rafe doesn't have a lot of screen time and yet we know a lot about his background. Right. Way more than a lot of uh, background character that we had right. in the other show. Like they make sure that, like like, like we, we were joking, like, Yes, he's good, but also you have a nurse court. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, nobody's perfect. Right, exactly. Except Fem, because I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty perfect. Yeah, no, she's not, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about Margot a bit. I don't have a lot about her, just that she might be a bit jealous that Julia became a goddess. <laughs> You think you feel like she might be a little jealous? I feel that because, like, after she left, um, she's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, but why didn't she came with us? Like, we need her magic." Then and then, like, I don't think she understood that she couldn't. Right. And knowing Margot, like, she wants power. Right. I don't want Margot as a goddess, though. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Though I must say, I mean, at the time in season three, yeah, maybe not. But I think that that's the, also the beauty of it. If you think about it in season five, you see the oh, arc yes. of the characters and you see the growth and what they've um, experienced and how they've evolved. Uh -huh. So I don't know. Yeah, I think Margot season five more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Margot after a breakdown. Margot needed a breakdown. Yeah. We all need a good breakdown in the desert while licking lizard, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had yours yet? <laughs> Not yet. I think mine is scheduled for next week. Oh, well, tell me how it goes. <laughs> I will. Uh, but I also love the reaction when um, Penny's like, oh, I'm going to be the jailer, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Margot is like, uh, excuse us to care, but no. Which is not what we're using of Margot. Mm -hmm. Because she, she's like, we have enough blood of one penny. We will not want a second penny to die on us. Mm -hmm. Which is what we say. But I think, I'm, I'm stretching the team, but like, the Margot is getting corrupted by kindness with the other. <laughs> 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 like, they, they, they crept into her into caring about other people than her and Elliot. Right. I think. Uh, that's an interesting um, way to put it, yeah. Like, uh, 
corrupted is not the right word, but like. But yeah, no, I can see what you what you mean by that. Yeah. Like she would never have cared about Penny before. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, um, when Quentin is uh, is ready to sacrifice himself, everyone was like, "What, bitch? Like, are you crazy?" And we can clearly see Elliot and Alice like both being like, "Uh, nope." Yeah. You are not all. But like, my question is why he was so ready to sacrifice himself. That's the thing I'm not understanding. But don't you think that that it's it's very true to who he is? I guess. Yeah. And th- and then we saw it again, you know, at the end of season four. Yeah. Um. So, in a way, I would have kind of expected it from from him from that character. I agree, but why? Why everyone was so surprised then? Especially Elliot, who technically lived the whole life with him, should have kind of seen it coming. Right. Um, I don't know why why the surprise was there. I, I don't know if it was a surprise or it was just more of a reaction of what it would mean to not have him anymore. I don't know. Oh, I like that. It's not the it's not the action itself, it's the, like no Quentin in my life, no way. Right, exactly. More, yeah, yeah. And the fact that everyone cared just show how Quentin is kind of like... Everyone's saying like, yeah, it's everyone's quest, but it was Quentin's quest. And yeah. everyone followed him. Like, he right. was a leader of the quest, and it was Quentin's. And uh, kind of proud that he did. Like, he went to the... to, to Isn't he? He even told Elliot, like, I said no funny business, and I don't want any. Mm-hmm. Like, this girl deserve rest like the, the night and I, I i find value in that because there's a lot of time where oh, we, we see what elliot did do with, with trying to kill the monster but mm-hmm. like oh let's try to have to save me and like screw the other person over mm-hmm. to save myself and quentin like nah mm-hmm. <laughs> that that person was did that for millennia like i'm i'm, I'm gonna give her a rest you know mm-hmm. knowing that it's kind of a sacrifice in itself and uh, it's just weird to see uh, uh, Carlton, 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 Charlton, Charlton, Charlton. Yeah. To see him again because before season four, I was like, oh, he's just a throwaway character. Right. And now he's so important, and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Charlton is it's an amazing character. And yeah. Yeah. And he managed to say fuck correctly, and I'm so proud of him. <laughs> you mean this past this past uh, episode? Yeah. She's not saying like, well, fuck. Uh, yeah, it was like a milestone um, that he's like, oh my god, he used it in the right way. Yeah. It was so yeah, funny. like 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 a parent seeing a child walk for the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or but, I don't know, I don't know if if you because I've I've had a few nephews and a niece, and then every so often well the mexican one um would say something i'm not gonna say he says fuck because i don't think he says fuck but he, he would say something he would use something correctly but something that a grown-up would do and he's maybe not allowed to say and you can't help but to laugh and to yeah. be impressed that oh my god they kind of understood what or how to use it so it was that same same sentiment yeah my uh, in french the word fuck it's called P H U O Q U E, and it's a seal. It's a what? A seal, like oh, a, really? the, the, the the animal. Really? So I have I have my 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 three years old niece that look at me, more fuck, and <laughs> run, and I, and I were like, what the shit? <laughs> and then she pulled out like her, her sealed plushie. Oh. <laughs> and we were like, okay. <laughs> but we had this moment of just say. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I, that that made me think of that. <laughs> um, but do you think that the monster chose Elliot to possess him because he killed Carlston? Charleston? I don't know. Like when you asked earlier, uh, just now that how it happened, I would have loved mm-hmm. to see how it happened because you sort of saw how it went from him to Cora. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit and then all of a sudden Elliot has the monster inside so I don't um 
I don't know. It might have been like a revenge. Yeah. Because like, like you killed my host. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I wonder, like, Charleston seemed to have had the monster for a long, long time. So, right. did his personality seek true? Because Charleston is kind of naive a bit, too. Mm-hmm. In this, like, like you were saying, this childlike, mm-hmm. uh, like, vibe that, like, Charleston kind of had that, too. This, like, mm-hmm. I don't know the world because I've been possessed for, like, hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that... Um, Thinking back again uh, throughout the entire season four, it was um, Hale experiencing and, and giving life to this monster who sees the world for the very first time and the possibilities are endless and he can do whatever the fuck he wants uh, with no consequences. And mm-hmm. that sort of um, spark, evil spark in his eye was was brilliant. You're, I, I never know, like, I, I never realized that this, like, open to the worldness. Mm-hmm. You're right, because you never saw it before. It was, like, straight to. Yeah, exactly. Even Calypso say, like, uh, what's in there should never get back. Like, it's been a long time. Right, yeah. But what, what's also uh, interesting is we have Charleston say that he possessed other people and all those other people died. Hmm. And all, technically, on, only Charleston and Elliot resisted mm-hmm. the takeover mm-hmm. of the monster. And uh, Julian was the sister, but how strong-willed are those mm-hmm. two boys? Because, mm-hmm. like, there's something about corruption of saying no to it. Mm-hmm. And we, we see it a lot in, in season four with uh, Elliot battling to get out. Mm-hmm. But Charleston, too, of this idea that he sees everything that's happening right now. Right. Yeah. And I want, I'm, I'm wondering, like, did he want to get killed? Like, did he hope that, yeah, please kill me. I'm tired of having him inside me. Right. I don't know. I don't know if, if he did. It must be, yeah, tiring to have that burden. Especially, like, in the newest episode that we've seen, like, um, Elliot said, like, I, I see the monster, like, like it, it's in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. So imagine charleston and now he's stuck in elliot's head like poor guy and he has a brain. <laughs> but i think it's endearing and i was talking to someone about it and i think it's endearing the the fact that i would i would love to have a charlton like next to me all the time like talking either me into something or out of something yeah. um that would be amazing i think like having a, a, an outside opinion inside you right it will get a little bit awkward whenever you know you want some alone time and you cannot have alone time but at the same time it's like i don't know fun yeah i i hope that we see him more and i think we will but um here's to hoping that you cannot tell me <laughs> <laughs> um i was talking about who are the what like the true villain of the season and we thought like the whole time it was below oh, it's the fairies the fairies are the villain and at the end it's the McAllister and their corruption Yes. Which is a genius move for yeah. the writer. This idea that like, oh yeah, we're going to pin it on like the obvious. So in the background, you don't know like all oh, the shit we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally love that twist too. Mm-hmm. Just because um, you see, or I always felt that the fairies were just oppressed and they have gone through a lot of stuff. And to pin someone that has gone through a lot of um negative um things in their life and to and to pin them as the villain i think it was a little bit unfair but to to see the redemption of it the redemption of the fairies at the end uh was beautiful i felt right before uh, we recorded that i just recorded um uh for the episode be the penny Mm-hmm. And it's the first time we see uh, the McAllister house where there is magic around and Penny, who is in the ethereal realm, see like blur of magic, but doesn't see the fairies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, like we can see the, cor- Penny could see the corruption of this house from the beginning. Like could see, okay, mm-hmm. something's not right. Mm-hmm. Like it, t- it, look at, it took me like rewatching to understand, oh, it was not a battery. Like she said, like 
I, I, I never understood that true we comment as like, oh no, it was a blatant lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why like, and also how the, like we saw the rebellion of the, the fairies and how like they, they killed everyone with, with reason. But yeah. at the end, um, Irene get the, the tr- continue to kidnap them and get the uh, queen of the fairies, the power. So in, she still wins in the part. You you feel like she's... I mean, I guess technically she did still win. But yeah. at the same time, like I mentioned before, um, to in what way did she win? Because the queen fairy died a queen. Yeah. Which I think is much more honorable than to remain alive, but corrupted. I... I like what you're saying because uh, one of the first shots that we see in season four is um, uh, General Stan when they announce that uh, Irene is uh, running for um, governor. Mm-hmm. And how like, oh, the fairy queen like died with power and as a queen, so oh, me too then. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like she, she's trying to cling to that power that she had right. before. Right. And um, we don't know what happened to Irene, but... Uh, yeah, I really, really like this idea of like she's winning, but she's losing more. Mm. She loves what is it? You won the battle, but you didn't win the war, something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And the library for me is so interesting since season four, because mm-hmm. once again we were talking of cor- corruption from within. Right. That's what happened, and. Zelda is doing all this uh, this stuff in um, in season three of like get, getting the siphon and trying to get magic to be rerouted to the library because she truly believes yeah that it's for the greater good. But she's working for a corrupted organization. Is Zelda corrupted for working in a corrupted environment? Because like I don't think Zelda did that, uh, that out of malice. Right. I know that. I think she knew it was not super nice to do. <laughs> right. Um. I don't know. I think it it depends on the circumstances, right? If mm-hmm. if it's if it's if it's something that's been going on for years and years and years, and you just step into it, um, are you to blame for something that you didn't start, but you know you're just a part of at the moment because mm-hmm. it is your job. Um, I don't know. That's something that you need to, yeah, consider. I don't know. Because I'm going to go far there with the analogy, but the capo in the Second World War were saying, we're not to blame for killing all the Jews. We were following order. Mm-hmm. So Zelda's just saying she was following order. Right. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I, I don't know. Um you you can follow the orders because it's your job, but at what point do you just stand up for what you believe in instead of just following? I don't know. It's a very... Yeah, you're right, because in the end, like, Alice say, like, yo, something's up, and when Zelda realized, she step out. Right. So that's when the true character of the person um, comes alive, I think. Yeah. I yeah. I think if she would have, like, continued like live in denial right that would have been a different story yeah um but uh, at the end that's about what i have um yeah and good job to l for being possessed for a whole season <laughs> yes. you make me miss the monster what the heck <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was so good in it that's yeah. it um can I ask you what you thought of the um, Castle Black Spire? I re- as I read the book, I was happy that Castle Black Power- Spire showed because I yeah. like this like upside down world. Right. Yeah. I wish we saw more of it. I know. I uh, uh, maybe it's just like a, a personal preference, but I do like like dark stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, to be able to see it because it's the same set but um, completely re- reformed as a but the black spire version of it mm-hmm. so to be able to see it um was beautiful i thought and i and i love that yeah now i'm wondering 
oh my god, I'm wondering a lot of things now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was there other creature in that? We know that there was the monster, but was there other thing? And right, does those things left the castle? And what was the the what was the the rock that the castle was made? I don't remember. Hmm. Was it living stone? It was living stone. Was it? Yeah, because it, they used that to try to kill the monster before right. uh, Elliot came out. And we know that they use Livingstone again, the takers. So now I'm wondering if they are linked to Black Spire. And you cannot tell me anything I know, but I'm just thinking out. <laughs> 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 but I, I, I like the idea, and I wish we could explore more of that, this idea of uh, Rivers Fillery. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just for fun, if there was a reverse Rafe, what do you think he would be? I think that he would... Uh, oh, first of all, it would be so much fun. <laughs> um, but in a way, I think that he would be... Or it would be fun to play it the same kind of way. Um, uh, uh, like outwards to be the exact same way, but inwards to be completely different and completely dark and completely fucked up. Oh, I like that. Because I like the I like the doubles um double face or just two facedness mm-hmm. of, of whenever you you know, pretend like you're someone good but then on the other side it's like you're not you're not. I like that. And I think Tick will be the nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, okay, new theory, Rafe is the dark king. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. I solved it, everyone. It's gonna be aired like in October, so it's gonna be long ago. (laughs) Who knows? That's what it's funny. It's like I'm recording all of season three in two months because I have off of work, so I'm like plowing through it. Oh, nice. The season is five is not over, so I'm recording stuff that will be aired like in July, and people were like, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> so I'm gonna re-listen to myself and say like you're a dumbass thing then. Yeah. Um okay, so we are now at the Lectura Divina. Are you ready? Yes. I'm gonna just remind you what it is. It's a religious practice to uh read a sentence and try the meaning of it, uh meaning that is deeper. There's four steps. First we read and we say what's happening. Second step is the allegory, what it makes us think of. Third step is what it reminds us in our life. And fourth step, what we feel called for. So the sentence is, I cannot risk another soul. I cannot risk another soul. So first step, what is literally happening? Um, I think that to say I cannot risk another soul is... Um, understanding everything that has you given up or all the um everything that has ended at that point and how uh comprehend the put the pros and the cons and um just think that it's too much it's enough and i cannot do it anymore is the frequent thing like enough is enough yeah i'd rather get like you said like die nobly than yeah live knowing i keep my my people keep dying and i have a solution for it yeah uh what does it makes you think of a story or um i hadn't thought about that specifically but for example you brought up throughout this this conversation that um, uh, World War Two, mm-hmm. and how much how that could be um, such a big uh, thing. Also, to all the lives that were lost um, back then, and how even for something what people believed back in the day, for something that was completely so wrong and um, how many souls were lost back in the day. And if at the point where everything stopped, there was just too many souls lost, that um, anybody else that was uh, spared was um, a miracle 
and it's such a blessing. Um, I don't know what you. Okay, the first thing that made me think of is the Little Mermaid and the song "Poor, Poor, Unfortunate Soul." <laughs> I don't know why, but you talking about World War Two made me think of the story of. Uh, I'm gonna go a bit deeper than Little Mermaid. Uh, is uh, this uh, soldier that was drafted but refused to carry a gun because it was against his religion, and went on the trench carrying wounded soldier back to camp. Yeah. How he was? How many souls he saved? And like. How he wanted to save his own soul as per his religion, but also like how he saved a lot of people because he believed that he couldn't kill. Right. I don't remember. I just know and Andrew Garfield plays him. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Him. Yeah. I'm gonna post. It. I'm gonna put it in post. We're gonna yeah. look so smart. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, what does it remind you in your life? Um, literally, or um, that's those specific words. Literally, doesn't luckily remind me of anything in my life because I haven't um, have I haven't gone through anything super deep, which I'm thankful for. Mm -hmm. um, what, what it makes you think about? Um, I think it would be just in general in my life whenever and everything everybody has gone through maybe not something so deep or or powerful but um some stuff in their lives where mm -hmm. you've gone through and repeatedly through a situation whether it's a relationship whether it's um a work environment that you've um, endured so many things in your life and it comes a breaking point where you see that you cannot do it anymore you cannot handle it anymore and you have to stand up for what you either believe in or what you think that is um a better future mm -hmm. and um yeah and I've, and i've gone through stuff like that before in my life and um but it takes such a big amount of um uh, balls i guess yeah to end it and to take that decision because it is a decision that you have to make. Yeah, and sometimes it's the scariest thing in the in, in, in life to say no or to yeah. say yes, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for me, it reminds me, I don't know why, but of homeless people. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people too, man. And mm -hmm. sometimes we kind of dismiss them as like, oh, they kind of put it into it or, oh, they're all doing drugs. But there's a lot of people that just need help or have been left alone in life and never yeah. had help. Yeah. And yeah, makes me think of them and they're all souls. Like whatever yeah. your situation in life. Yeah, exactly. And what do you feel called for? Yeah. For me, it's to continue to try to be kinder to people I don't know. Yeah. Like to see the struggle in people that I would judge otherwise. <laughs> I would agree with that. And I would agree with, you know, and it's so easy to uh, either judge or to have a, a preconceived notion of who someone is or what they do or what they've been through. But um, when you really think about it, it's also extremely easy to be kind and to come from a, a positive and a, and a good place instead of a judgment place yeah oh well we we started so sad and now we were full of hope and i love that <laughs> <laughs> yes so we only need to do uh, the flower in the vase which is that uh, we give a thumbs up to a character and a thumbs down to another um it's an expression my grandma used to say, so you don't give the flower in the vase, so don't give a backhanded compliment, such as, can you have a thicker accent for a Mexican? <laughs> 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 uh, so who do you want to give your flower to? Can it be two people? Of course. Uh, I'm going to give my flower to two people, which uh, the first one will be um, Fen. Yay! Be because she's doing <laughs> such... An amazing job at being 
hiking and she's doing the best she can. And that's all we can hope for and ask for Mm -hmm. of someone. And I don't know if you um, realize where my flower was also going to go, but also the fairy queen, just because Mm -hmm. she died a queen. Yeah. You made me love her even more with this this interaction with you. She's so badass. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for me, my flower will go to to Quentin to say no at the, trying to have a funny business with uh, Cora. He was ready to sacrifice himself because she deserves rest. And it's not something that we see a lot in our day. So no. you go, Quentin, being a hero. <laughs> and then what about your vase? Who do you think I'm going to give my vase to? <laughs> I think it's there's no one else. I'm at least for me in this episode that you know Irene. Mm-hmm. I just I just cannot see, um, yeah, other than selfishness. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to give it to her. I think I'm gonna try to give it to Fog for betraying the students. Okay. I know he tried. He did the best of our worst situation. Right. And like I forgive him. But also, not cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for, for being here with us again. Thank you for having me. Uh, is there anything you want to plug, talk about, uh, say where to find you? Um, not really. Like, um, I know that this will be later on, but um, if you think about this as in the past, uh, you in this particular moment, you won't believe what keeps happening in season five so stay I'm tuned I'm gonna scream at you on Twitter don't <laughs> so stay <laughs> so stay tuned for that um but other than that no um thank you so much for having me and um um yes having me again it was such a great great experience the first time and it was a great experience the second time anytime we're gonna have to have you in season four and season five yes yes <laughs> hopefully season six hopefully fingers crossed yes <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Thank you.